Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P. Joe P is a P, and it's time to look ahead to the wild card. That's right, the regular season is over. It's behind us. We can leave it in the dust. It's time to look ahead because we've got a lot of great wild card action this coming weekend on Saturday, on Sunday, and on Monday. And to help us break down the early lines and the early look ahead is, of course, Sam Hoppin and my boy Pat Fitzmorris. And we're going to take a look at the lines because we know between now and some of the lines actually getting off to a start things are going to be a little different potentially so maybe there's some early value that the boys see in some of these before they start getting bet to death as we are going to be part of that but don't forget if you want to bet things to death do it smartly download the betting pros app use that ios version too for three free days of premium and make sure you're following us here on our social media platforms and don't forget you can also subscribe to our youtube channel at betting pros drop your comments below ring the bell and you just might win a one-year free premium upgrade to the best betting pros tools on the planet planet not to mention we've also got nba action going on here on the channel too matt modi every wednesday every friday taking you through the best of the nba so don't miss that 11 a.m eastern right here on this channel gentlemen we start things off with a bang here because the houston texans the great story people were worried maybe they were overrated in the betting market well the houston texans have a home playoff game so maybe they were right they are two and a half point underdogs though at home taking on the Cleveland Browns, who uh, not that long ago, just a few short weeks ago, put on an absolute show. Uh, they took him to the woodshed, my friends, and it was not pretty. Two and a half is the number right now. Again, the Cleveland Browns are favored on the road. 44 is the consensus number of betting pros. You can get the Houston Texans on the money line at home at plus 120. So let's start there. Let's start with you, Pat Fitzmorris. I kind of like the over on this one, first and foremost. I think Houston will take that butt kicking they got personally. And now CJ Stroud a little healthier. Nico Collins looking great last week. Uh, and now you've got a situation where the Browns are rested. So maybe being rested is a good thing for Cleveland going on the road. What do you think of this game? Any early love for the early line? Yeah, first of all, Joe, um, you didn't refer to it as Super Wild Card Weekend, so you're fine from Roger Goodell's office is in the mail. Um, right. <laughs> Super Wild Card Weekend. I apologize. Uh, epic fail on my part. There you go. Yes. Um, so I, I do not have a strong feeling about the total in this game. I think it's pretty spot on. I took the Texans on the money line. I only got them at plus 114 on DraftKings. Wish I would have seen it at 120. Didn't get it that quickly. But, well, um, then I won't tell you on points bet it's plus 125 as of about an hour uh, ago. So I won't tell you that either. Bleeding value here. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to like the Texans as a home dog. And I suspect it is because people are going to look at the quarterback matchup and, uh, you know, the belief that. C.J. Stroud is superior to Joe Flacco, which I agree with. Um, And they might overlook the quality gap between these two defenses. And the Browns clearly have one of the best defenses in the NFL, where the Texans' defense is pretty pretty average. Respectable, but average, I would say. Um, If people do focus heavily on the quarterback and ignore the defenses while making their bets, maybe that's a mistake. But on the other hand, Joe Flacco has thrown eight interceptions in five games. And uh, on the other side, C.J. Stroud, five interceptions, actually leads the NFL as a rookie in interception percentage. Just 1% of his throws have resulted in an interception. So um, that is pretty important. Like Flacco is going to make an ill-advised throw or two or three. And if we see him give it away to the Texans, I mean, that can really turn this game. So um, uh, I don't know how easily Stroud is going to move the ball against this Cleveland defense, but 
I think it's a pretty good bet that Stroud is not going to carelessly give away the ball more than, you know, maybe once, maybe throws one interception. But I think there is a chance that Flacco gives it away multiple times and that could really swing it towards the Texans here. So I do think there's value on the Texans. All right, Sam, my dad used to always say uh, youth and skill is no match for old age and treachery. So Joe Flacco certainly is old age and treachery. You've also got a situation where sometimes teams come out a little flat after not playing. And, you know, Joe Flacco had a little bit of a rest here. He is an older player. Same can be said of Amari Cooper. Same can be said of Kareem Hunt. So in a lot of ways, I think this was a good thing that they were able to rest their guys. Um, they are going on the road, but Houston is still green. Let's not forget that this group has never really had to test itself at this level. Now, now we're talking about the playoffs. They passed the first test in Indianapolis. That's true. But let's be frank. If you watch that game, Indianapolis had a lot of opportunities there to seal the deal and they fell short. So how do we feel about this contest? Looking at Cleveland and Houston, I like the over. I know Pat thinks it's right there, but I think there's going to be some more scoring and some more competitiveness at the end. I'm leaning towards the Browns. Do you have a lean? I, I struggle. I mean, First and foremost, having the Texans Saturday afternoon on wild super wild card super weekend wild all is card. right in the Don't world. Don't make the same mistake I did, please. All, all is right in the world with this schedule right now. But there is a huge difference being at home in a dome versus being outside in Cleveland, uh, you know, right next to Lake Erie. Like, and I think this benefits the Texans more than it does Cleveland and. The Cleveland defense is one that I think C.J. Stroud can exploit. He's been great against cover three, and Jim Schwartz's defense often runs a lot of cover one and cover three. The concern I have is with the coaching on Houston's side. They continue to make, I think, negative EV decisions in terms of whether or not they go for it on fourth down. They're still running the ball way more than they should, given they have C.J. Stroud. And I think, again, this Texans defense has has been pretty good. They obviously got, got gash on the ground against the Colts on Saturday night, but their run defense has, has been pretty stout. That said, the Browns have been letting Joe Flacco air it out. And, and yes, he's had some interceptions, but those can be fluky at times. So I don't have a strong leaning. I think if I had to choose a side, I'd, I'd go the Texans side of the ball. I mean, you mentioned the the team not having a ton of experience in, in the playoffs, which is true. But D'Amico Ryans was on that San Francisco 49ers staff for a number of years when they were in the playoffs. So I think he'll be able to to take some of that. I think they're obviously going into the playoffs with a lot of momentum as well. So I, I lean the Texans, but it's not a very as, as strong of a lean as I have for this next game. All right. So uh, I guess I'm on the... Uh on the island here a little bit, looking at the Cleveland Browns. That's okay. Uh, defense travels. I always say that at the end of the day. Uh, but I think that the Cleveland Browns, again, you know, Houston's been a great story. I'm rooting for CJ Stroud, but elite Joe Flacco kind of, you know, if he moves on, I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a good day uh, at the elite Joe meeting that we have every Wednesday, Miami, Kansas city. Can Miami beat anybody who's any good? The question seems to be no, more often than not. And yet again, they lost on Sunday night football to the Buffalo Bills. Things fell apart there. 
Fourth them on special teams, and the rest, as you would say, is history. The Kansas City Chiefs at home, 11-6. and uh, six. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. The consensus number for this game right now is 44. You can get plus 150 on the money line. That's the consensus number. But if you look right now, you can get plus 160 at points bets. If you like money lines, points bet seems to be the early place for them over on Betting Pros as I'm looking here on the app. Uh, Sam, we'll start with you on this one because I'm going to make this easy. To me, it's Kansas City until further notice. I mean, how many times do we have to be beat over the head that Miami can't handle their business? I mean, enough already. I've seen it. I've seen the sequel. I've seen the third one. It's like the Rocky movies. I'm sick of it. I don't want to see any more. And I know Kansas City has not exactly been world beaters, but this game's in Kansas City, and I'm sorry, man. I cannot put faith in Miami to cover. I can't put faith in Miami to win. I just can't do it. Every time they get a chance, they fall short. But what do you think about this one? I'm right there with you. I made this Kansas City by five points and to me the biggest Ooh. thing is the health of both teams right now it, Miami is falling apart at the seams I mentioned this last week there they have defensive guys going down left and right it seems like they could be without Andrew Van Ginkle in this game Jalen Waddle was questionable going into the game on Sunday night I think he's going to play I, I think it was just a matter of you know let's save him for the playoffs Tyreek did get banged up at the end of the game. It didn't seem like anything super serious, but this is a game on Saturday. You know, they're playing on, they played on Sunday night. It's going to be a, a very cold game. I think the, the current forecast has it at single digits in Kansas City. And, you know, obviously they, the Chiefs didn't have the sort of typical bye week uh, that they've been used to the last several weeks, but they were able to rest their starters. They they are pretty healthy across the board. I think that defense is still good enough and, and matches up well against Miami. So yeah, give me Kansas City with the points. All right, that's two for two. Pat, you want to make it a clean sweep here? What do you think about it? No, I do not. Um, but I'm not going with Miami either. I, I just don't want to touch this game. I mean, hmm. on one hand, Joe, since the arrival of Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are 9-3 and three in home playoff games, including 8-1 and one their last four years. Um, and we have, as you mentioned, seen the Dolphins struggle to beat good teams all year. Uh, you know, the latest example being in a, a game against the Bills in Week 18, where if they win that, they're, they're playing at home this week. So, um, but man, I... I do not want to take the Chiefs. Since week eight, the Chiefs are five and five. Uh, four of those teams, four of those wins have come against teams that were starting backup quarterbacks. Aiden O'Connell, Bailey Zappi, Jake Browning, Easton Stick. The only game the Chiefs have won against a team with a non-backup quarterback since week eight when they beat the Miami Dolphins and Tua in week nine. So um, that game was 21-14. But, man, the, the Chiefs have been so shaky on offense for two solid months. And uh, these Dolphins haven't demonstrated any sort of Super Bowl pedigree at all. And as Sam mentioned, the injuries are concerning. Like, a team already down a couple of pass rushers, and now they lose Andrew Van Ginkle, our boy from the University of Wisconsin. Big loss if he's not able to play. So, um, yeah, like, I, I do have— But what about the over then? Like, can you get behind that? No, no, I okay. can't. Not with not with the Chiefs' offense looking as like inept as it has really for the last couple of months. I, I just can't do it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not 
touching this game either way. Like, I see no value in either the side or total. I'm walking away from this one. Sam looks like we can't interest Pat in our love of the Chiefs. That's okay, Pat. We love you anyway. It's fine. <laughs> Next one on our slate is we shift over to Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Of course, the team we all thought would be in the playoffs, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 10-point favorites. It's a big number for Buffalo. And look, man, it, it is hard to have that kind of faith in Buffalo. Yet at the same time, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think we'd all agree, are probably one of the weaker playoff teams, if not maybe the weakest all around when you consider what's happened to them this year. So this is a curious one because we're being tempted. I know in some spots like at Caesars and get nine and a half on Buffalo if you're, you know, really running scared. 35 is the consensus number on some spots already. 37 and a half is where it started, but I'm seeing already 35 and a half. So they're telling you this is a very one-sided game, and if you like the Pittsburgh upset plus 390, I know the TJ Watt health, that's a big concern here in this game. So, Pat, it's a big number and a low total. They're telling you it's going to be a butt kicking on one side. Do you believe that narrative? Oh, man. Um, I could. Like, the Steelers had the <laughs> sketchiest QB situation of any of the playoff teams by far. And they're probably going to be without TJ Watt. I mean, I guess JJ Watt has said that it's likely a sprained MCL. And we know that sprained MCLs usually keep players out the following week at least. So um, the Steelers may well be out without arguably the most impactful defensive player in the league. So can the Steelers ugly this game up enough to um, keep it competitive and stay within 10 points? I kind of think they can. I've already put uh, dipped a toe in the water with a small half unit bet on the Steelers uh, plus 10. And maybe I have too much faith in Mike Tomlin and that faith has cost me money at various points this season. <laughs> it's cost me a ton this year. Yeah, I, dating all the way is... back to week one, Joe, right? Let me with, tell uh, you, I, dating back to week one, you're right. And I'll tell you what, more so, like it's going to take a little bit of show me to get it back. That's what I'm saying. I, I need a little bit of Mike Tomlin to prove it at this point to me because I that was it's been a rough year on that front. So, yeah, and the other the other part of this is that it's uh, like a formulaic bet for me as well, because we have seen a number of instances this season where a team was a double-digit favorite in a game with a total of 40 points or less. And although I do not have specific numbers on that, I think the two of you would agree that the underdog has generally prevailed more often than not in those types of setups. So um, that's kind of a, a factor at work here. Like, I think with a total... This low in a game where we might see weather effects, um, like I I could see this turning into kind of a rock fight and the Steelers managing to stay, uh, keep it in within single digits. And not wildly confident in this, but I, I think it's a decent percentage play. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm taking the Steelers and the points. TJ Watt will miss this game uh, with the MCL. So look, that is a big factor to me, Sam, because... You know, when you take that big piece out of that defense, if you're trying to stay close, you need to put pressure on Josh Allen. When you take TJ Watt out of that lineup, you fail to do that. When you force Josh Allen to make mistakes, sometimes he will make them. That's where I struggle with the narrative. What Pat, if all things were equal, what Pat's saying, I'm good with that. But I keep coming back to the TJ Watt issue and I'm saying, well, if you can't really force Josh Allen into mistakes, you can't put pressure on him. This does leave this number, although big, to be very much in play. But where do you stand on it? I'm with Pat. Like it's it's more of a numbers based thing, right? With this such a low total, that taking ten points is, is 
the mathematically correct thing to do. So I think if I lean one way, it's that. Uh, an interesting stat from Rich Rebar, the Steelers currently have a 12.75 point implied team total for this, for Sunday, which would be the lowest implied team total for a playoff team since the league went to 32 teams in 2002. So just sort, sort of shows you what this Steelers team is or, or I guess is not made of, but I, I I think TJ Watt honestly at this point is probably worth like a point to the spread. Um, you know I think if he's playing this this might get down to to single digits, but obviously he's not going to be playing. You know Josh Allen can Josh Allen this game uh, both positively and negatively. You know he can be Superman, but he can also be. Uh, just you know Jameis Winston level crazies uh, in this game as well so I I'm not going to take either side but I if I if I were to lean one way it would be with the Steelers all right uh, let's continue on here to the next game the four o'clock game your Green Bay Packers by the way one last note on the on the Pittsburgh Steelers this was Bogman's nightmare our own Scott Bogman this was his nightmare he said the last thing he wanted was the Steelers to get in the playoffs because he knew they were going to get their butt kicked and he also wanted to avoid having to move up in the draft and all of those things happened. So we'll do a wellness check on Bogman on Thursday and see how he's doing because this has been a tough 24 hours for him and Texas lost to last week. Like he's just having the worst week or so. It's not a good start to the new year for our good pal. Your Green Bay Packers, and again, the pride being shown by Sam Hoppin here on the program today. The green and yellow are in the playoffs. I bet you didn't think that was going to happen. They snuck in at nine and eight. Uh, right now, you know, I'm looking the best line you get on this game is seven and a half. Obviously, Dallas at home, the heavy favorites, as they should be. They've been so good all year at home. 50 is the total uh, on DK, 49 and a half you can get over on BetMGM. If you like Green Bay for the upset, and I don't, it's plus new 290 right now. That's the best spot you can get it. So look, you made it, you got in here. I want to say it's not the worst case scenario, but it's pretty close to the worst case scenario, Sam. Like you're taking on Dallas at home or Dallas has been so good in that building. That offense has been tremendous. You're worried about your secondary. Oh, wait, and here's CeeDee Lamb, who has been absolutely filthy uh, for the last 10 weeks. So... I'm pretty good about this seven. Where do you feel about the seven and a half? Where do you feel about this Ranger? Does Dallas win this? Or you think your Green Bay boys keep it close? I think they can. I think if you wanted to bet Dallas, it was when it was on the other side of seven. I think it opened up around six and a half. Taking it at seven and a half seems slightly too rich for me right now. If you do want to get in on the Dallas side, I think the right way to play it is teasing them down to one and a half and potentially using either you know, Tampa Bay or Houston as your other teaser leg as well. Um, this Green Bay offense is is playing really well. And it's, you know, it, it's interesting because they don't have a true number one wide receiver, right? They have a lot of players that have a similar skill level at this point. So on one hand, you don't have that one guy that you can, you know, rely on to, you know, get a bucket in, you know, in the last second. But on the defensive side, there's no one you can just like take away. You, they have all these options, whether it's Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Malik Heath, like they have depth at the position. I still don't know that that's gonna be enough. The The Bears did not get a lot of pressure on Jordan Love, I think had maybe just three pressures uh, against the, the Packers on Sunday night. And this Dallas defense is is going to be able to get pressure with with Michael Parsons and the rest of their defensive line. I, 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 I again, I think the Dallas 
teasing Dallas down is the right way to go in this game. But man, the Packers win. Well, we know something's going to go. Next week is going to be fun. Oh, well, it's going to be fun for you. I'm sure a lot of uh, Dallas Cowboys fans will be very unhappy. And, and sure, Pat, that narrative exists, right? Well, it's the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, get out the Heimlich maneuver, get it ready, because the choking is just coming upon us at any moment. But I don't know. I don't feel that one in my bones in this one. I've been watching this Cowboys team at home just dominate offensively. And, you know, Jordan Love's been a good story this year. I know there's been some ups and downs to that story. But at the same time, you know, they they – Got to the dance. They figured it out. But unfortunately, their partner right now, I think, is a little bit more mature than they are. And I think they've got more moves than they do. And I think it's going to be a, a spot where uh, Dallas is going to be looking for a new partner next week. And uh, they're going to be home on a Friday night. So what do you think about this situation here? Packers, Dallas, and this early line here, because seven and a half is a good size number. To your point, Joe, the Cowboys have been absolutely dominant at home. 8-0 this season, and they have won six of those eight games by 20 or more points. So they have not just held serve at home. They have just wiped people out at home. So um, at the same time, I know Packers fans and non-Packers fans alike who have expressed to me that they cannot wait to bet against Mike McCarthy as a big favorite in the first round of the playoffs. And I totally understand that as a Packers fan who has seen a lot of games coached by Mike McCarthy. Um, the real wild card here, I think, is the Green Bay defense, because less than a month ago, we saw Baker Mayfield put up almost 400 passing yards against the Packers. And then the next week, they gave up over 300 passing yards to Bryce Young and the Panthers. Um, but then the last two weeks... They almost completely skunked the Vikings, and granted, Jaron Hall was at quarterback for half of that game, but like the Packers gave up 10 points, and the only touchdown they gave up was when they muffed a punt and set up Minnesota at like the 10-yard line, um, and then they really held Justin Fields in check this past week, so I, I don't know where we're at with the Packers' defense. Like Sam was expressing the fear, like it would be great if the Packers could win, but that might mean the Packers don't fire Joe Barry as their defensive coordinator at the end of the season, which also would uh, be very dismaying to me. So, oh man, um, I just, I have no idea what to make of the Packers defensively right now. I have a better feeling about the offense, obviously, with how well Jordan Love has been playing. Uh, but can Green Bay score enough to keep up with Dallas? I, I just don't know. I'm inclined not to bet this game. And if I do, I will probably put a very modest bet on the Packers on the money line at almost three to one. But All other right. than that, I'm I'm not really interested in the total, not really interested in the side. Okay. Uh I am. I'm interested in Dallas and I'm bet Dallas. I already bet Dallas already. Seven and a half. Let's go. Let's go, Cowboys. Uh, you know, because I can't imagine what my Tuesday is going to be like when I walk back into this room if the Cowboys lose to these two guys. What will happen when Sam it was gonna mean Sam's going to be head to toe. I, I expect a cheese head on your head. Like, I, that's what I'm like. The guy with the cheese hat. Now, one of these games is going to go cockeyed. One's going to go sideways. We know that. This is the nature of Super Wild Card Weekend. I think it's this one. The Detroit Lions are favored by three points. They're taking on the Los Angeles Rams. 51 and a half is the number at Ford Field, which is the Coors Field of the NFL. Our good friend, The Undertaker, Andrew Erickson, loves to say that. Plus 145 on the money line is the consensus one for the Rams. I can get plus 155 or a bet MGM using the betting pros app. And let me tell you, that's exactly where I'm going. Pat, I think the Rams are going to go in here, win a playoff game. Kyron's been great down the stretch. Puka Nakua setting rookie records. Uh, a week of rest 
for Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup cannot be denied how important that is. And the injury to Sam Laporta, I think, is a much bigger one than people realize. Brock Wright's also hurt, too. It's not like an easy plug-and-play. That hyperextension of the knee, I'd be very surprised if he plays this week. We'll see what happens as the week goes on. More information yet to come on that. But at the same time, Pat, that's your red zone guy. That's your contested catch guy. That's your guy that allows Amon Ra to do some Amon Ra things and people not focus in on him. Now, they've got other weapons. They've got Gibbs. They've got a run game. They're at home. But Pat, I feel like the Rams are going to be that team that goes in and has that big upset of the weekend. What do you think? I do think there's a little bit of value on the Rams mm-hmm. here, Joe. And, um, you know, it's – oh, by the way, we, we've completely glossed over the fact that this is the rare double revenge game with Matthew Stafford ah. going back to Detroit and Jared Goff and Jared going up Goff. against you Sean know, McVay and the how Rams. How did I not even think about that? I guess I'm just oh. – I'm still recovering from the weekend action. But that's amazing. I mean, the narratives here are going to be spectacular. So, you know what? I, I'm going to – even more of the old Asian treachery. Matthew Stafford. Let's go. Let's go. Old man goes back home, makes a statement. I love that. Now I'm even more excited about my bet. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was I was watching the end of that Rams 49ers game and kind of cheering for the 49ers to pull it out because I would rather the Packers face the uh, face the Lions than the sure. Cowboys, the easier matchup. But at the same time, I knew that we would get this matchup if the Rams were able this to pull that game out. And what a like fun sexy matchup this is for a wild card round um but yeah i mean the the lions have gone a really long time without a truly impressive victory joe like really going back to um uh, unless you count them beating up the broncos which i do not uh about a month ago they have not beaten a playoff team since they beat the buccaneers in week six and uh like they've struggled against some mediocre teams like the bears and they were embarrassed by the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. Um, not that the Rams schedule is exactly festooned with impressive victories. I mean, they they did beat the Browns and they took the Ravens to overtime a week later. Um, but man, like I, I just, I feel like the Lions have not been on the top of their games for a while now. And you wonder where their morale is after losing Laporte in a game where it was pretty debatable whether the Lions should have been going all out and playing all their starters, uh, you know, more than whatever a series or two, if you want to keep guys sharp. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a little bit of value on the Rams here, and I kind of like them on the money line. As for the total, Joe, um, uh, yeah. now this is, <laughs> man, like betting unders at Coors Field does not feel comfortable. And especially with the Lions having been a reliable over team, they are 11 and 6 to the over this season and the Rams are 9 and 8 to the over. I still sort of like the under. Like with a total this high. I understand. As Sam has pointed out, anytime you're getting totals like 52 or higher, so many things can short circuit the over in that. Like just a couple of straight series that ends in punt that end in punts. Um you know, like drives that end in field goals rather than touchdowns. I think the under is the slightly better percentage play, just kind of a vibe. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm going in a money line bet on the Rams. I'm going to save everybody the Google search. Festooned is uh, to adorn with ribbons, garlands, or other <laughs> decorations because I had to look that one up. I always that's why you know you come here for the football, you you stay for the vocab. Uh, Sam. Your thoughts on this one, huge total, 
I think this is going to be the upset of the week. And I'm sorry, Lions fans. I know you're so excited. And I know a lot of them and they're so excited about this. But uh, the last thing you want to see is Matthew Stafford. I think come into town with the way the Rams have played down the stretch. I think the Rams have played some real, their best football in the last eight weeks. So Sam, what do you think about this one? Yeah, look, we're giving English lessons out here today. So I'm going to make this short and simple with no big words. The better quarterback is getting the points. Give me the Rams. Oh, so Ooh. succinct. So good. I love it. All right. Let's go to the last game. Also, oh, man, this one, this one really irks me, Sam. Okay. You got the Tampa Buccaneers. They're at home. They're two and a half point underdogs at home, probably as they should be to the Philadelphia Eagles who are just, I mean, limping in, in fighting. You're hearing all these negative things, people losing faith in the coach. Is it true? Is it not? Is it a media story? 44 is the number plus 120 for Tampa. This seems like it should be ripe for a potential Buccaneers win. But I watched Baker Mayfield struggle yesterday, and I know he took a hit in that game, and I know that ankle is at 100%. You could tell. But, Sam, I feel like this game is a big trap, and they're begging me to take Tampa. They're just begging me to do it, and I want to in the worst way, but I can't get there. So where do we go, if anywhere, for Philly-Tampa? We're both using the same words because I am falling in. I feel like I'm falling into the biggest trap by taking Mm -hmm. the Eagles here. The (laughs) people... It, the public is very down on Philadelphia, and rightfully so. That's well-deserved. Right. They just got blown out by the New York Giants. They couldn't win against the Arizona Cardinals. Their defense is falling apart. Jalen Hurts is banged up. Uh, A.J. Brown is banged up. Like, it's it's not great. But let's not pretend like Tampa Bay has been gangbusters the last couple weeks. Like, it took a 9 nothing win over the worst team in the league for them to even get into the playoffs and and win their division they didn't play well against the saints the week before i think the interior of this eagles defensive line is going to be able to get pressure in baker mayfield's face and cause some disruptions enough that the eagles can take home this win i you know i think there's maybe a slight coaching advantage from a a process and, and game decision standpoint on the Eagles side as well. I think Nick Sirianni, you know, still continues to make plus EV decisions uh, most of the time. So they have that going for it for them as well. I like the over in this game, you know, these two offenses have struggled. Obviously I, I just mentioned that, but these defenses are playing like sieves as well. And I think they both play you know, fast pace enough to, to push this game over. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm falling into a massive trap here with the Eagles, <laughs> right. but I, I, you know, you're sort of buying them at their lowest as well. And then I'm going to sell high on them next week when they win. All right. So I'm in a Buccaneers trap. I'm walking the plank. This guy is trying to get out of the nest of the Eagles. Pat be the voice of reason here. I mean, maybe, maybe the best advice for this game is to wait and bet it in game live as you see how these teams come out and who comes out looking like they actually want to win this football game and then just smash that side of it. Uh, that's what the more I talk about it, the more I think about it. Sam gave me a lot of good points on the Eagles side too. Maybe I'm just waiting to see who looks like they want to win. And to that point, you know, a couple weekends ago when we saw the Pittsburgh game against Cincinnati, I had no feeling on that game whatsoever. And then I saw how Pittsburgh came out, how that crowd was, and they were alive. And Mason Rudolph, you know, had that big first play. And I was like, there's no way Pittsburgh's losing this football game and bet it in game live. And I think sometimes you got to just wait and see who shows up to the dance. Who do you think is going to show up? 
I'm lost on which uh, side is the trap here, Joe. I'm like, <laughs> I believe it's both. <laughs> Hence the waiting. Hence the waiting. Yeah, all I know, uh, I, I'm looking at that uh, slice of pizza on a plate and ignoring the rope that is encircled around it. And uh, I, I think I'm ready to walk into the snare trap and bet on the Buccaneers. Um, like, that's the way I... The Eagles are just so completely lost right now. Their their defense is falling apart. The passing game hasn't been very good. And now they are dealing with some major injury issues at wide receiver. Like A.J. Brown hurt his knee uh, yesterday. We don't know what his availability is going to be for week 18. They already had Devonta Smith miss week 18 with an ankle injury. And the thing is, the Buccaneers have a good run defense. Uh, you can pick them apart through the air, but will the Eagles be able to do that if they are, you know, either completely without AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, or those guys are not at 100%, which seems like at bare minimum, that's going to be the case. So not that the Buccaneers are a great team by any means, but I do think they are a decent team and they're playing at home. And I have serious doubts right now about the Eagles ability to beat a decent team on the road yeah. with the state they are in right now. But I've got, I mean, my my faith and I've said so many nice things about Baker Mayfield and you look up at the stats at the end of the year and they are above average quarterback stats like you take away the name you just look at the numbers they're above average for how the league has played this year at quarterback and theoretically above average quarterback play Mike Evans and Chris Godwin should be enough to be the Eagles but I don't like the way the Buccaneers are played down the stretch here in these last two games and that really worries me uh it's gonna be a lot of feels here on the channel make sure you subscribe so you can take them all in with us now Thursday we're gonna be back again Bogman and Welsh and I are going to go through each game yet again, get their takes and the props as well, our favorite props for each of them. So make sure you stay tuned with us. Ring the bell for notifications so you don't miss that one. Subscribe to the channel. Again, drop the comment below because you just might win a one-year free premium upgrade to the best betting tools on the planet at Betting Pros. Start betting smarter, not harder. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Sam and Pat, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. It's super Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.